Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. So on today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the similarities and differences between borderline personality disorder and autism spectrum disorder. I've been getting some comments and some DMs from you guys asking me to make a video on this topic where I could go into those differences and also similarities, see why one may be confused with the other. So get comfortable and let's get into today's topic. Okay, so before I start going into the differences and similarities of some of these disorders in comparison to autism, I just want to say that I am not a doctor, I am not a psychiatrist, I am not psychologist. This video should not be a way for you to diagnose yourself. I am just a person who is speaking on this topic from one experience and from my observational skills and from the observations that I've gathered throughout my life and through my experiences. So this is meant for you guys to watch with awareness and with extremely good discernment. It's not meant to be an NLB all. It's only meant for you to begin thinking about this type of topic for you to continue doing your research and to continue to seek help from medical professionals because we are talking about mental emotional and physical health here so whatever it is that you want to do whatever diagnosis you have the ultimate goal is to be able to see a medical professional about it hopefully get a diagnosis that is accurate to what you have and if need be get treatment for it which is to emphasize the importance of this type of topic for us to talk about because I feel like there is a real danger in getting misdiagnosed and not receiving an accurate diagnosis because then you are treating something that is not necessarily going to help you because you're not receiving the correct help. I feel like regardless of what happens when you do go see a medical professional, I feel like it's good for people to have a good sense of what they have and don't have so that when you do go into that medical office and you speak to the medical professional and they do end up giving you a diagnosis that you don't resonate with and when they explain to you why they gave you that diagnosis, you could begin to pick apart certain aspects of their perception of you and make that discernment for yourself as to, I feel like what this doctor said and their portrayal of who they think I am is not accurate, so therefore I'm going to seek a second opinion elsewhere. I feel like this is just healthy in life in general to know yourself enough to be able to recognize when another person is not giving you a good, accurate portrayal of who you are and what you need help with. With that being said, let's get into a little bit of what borderline is and what they mean the symptoms and then get into the similarities and differences all right guys so i'm gonna start off by reading what borderline personality is and then what autism spectrum disorder is i will put up pictures to go along with what i'm reading borderline personality disorder is a mental health disorder that impacts the way you think and feel about yourself and others causing problems functioning in everyday life it includes self-image issues, difficulty managing emotions and behaviors, and a pattern of unstable relationships. 
With borderline personality disorder, you have an intense fear of abandonment or instability, and you may have difficulty tolerating being alone, yet inappropriate anger, impulsiveness, and frequent mood swings may push others away, even though you want to have loving and lasting relationships. Borderline personality disorder usually begins by early adulthood. The condition seems to be worse in young adulthood and may gradually get better with age. If you have borderline personality disorder, don't get discouraged. Many people with this disorder get better over time with treatment and can learn to live satisfying lives. All right, let's read what autism spectrum disorder is. Autism spectrum disorder, ASD, is a developmental disability that can cause significant social communication and behavioral challenges. There is often nothing about how people with ASD look that sets them apart from other people, but people with ASD may communicate, interact, behave, and learn in ways that are different from most other people. The learning, thinking, and problem-solving abilities of people with ASD can range from gifted to severely challenged. Some people with ASD need a lot of help in their daily lives, others need less. Okay, so now that I read the definitions of what these two disorders are, I want to now get into some of the signs and symptoms of these disorders. So as I read these off, I want to list them on either side of me so we could begin to see what symptoms may begin to overlap and what symptoms are very different from each other. Because what makes this very confusing, I feel like to a lot of people, including medical professionals, is that overlapping symptoms, which makes videos like this so important and makes your own discernment so important is because you're just gathering information, right? including from those medical professionals, what their opinion is based off of what they have observed in you in that hour long session is their opinion. It might not be accurate. I don't care how much school they've gone to. There's no amount of school that can make you decide what a person is based off of getting one hour with them. There's only so much they can learn about you in that time frame. And people are complex, right? And so regardless of the information that you've gathered from me, from other videos, from doctors, whatever it is, it's up to you to take all of this in and process it in your time, in your way, and decide which information is accurate and helpful and which information is something you could discard because it's not accurate. Okay, so some of the signs and symptoms of borderline personality disorder is an intense fear of abandonment, even going to extreme measures to avoid real or imagined separation or rejection. A pattern of unstable, intense relationships, such as idealizing someone one moment and then suddenly believing the person doesn't care enough or is cruel. Rapid changes in self-identity and self-image that include shifting goals and values and seeing yourself as bad or if you don't exist at all. Periods of stress-related paranoia and loss of contact with reality lasting from a few minutes to a few hours. Impulsive and risky behavior such as gambling, reckless driving, unsafe sex, spending sprees, binge eating or drug abuse, or sabotaging success by suddenly quitting a good job or ending a positive relationship. Threats or behavior or self-injury often in response to fear of separation or rejection. Wide mood swings lasting from a few hours to a few days, which can include intense happiness, irritability, shame, or anxiety. 
ongoing feelings of emptiness, inappropriate intense anger such as frequently losing your temper, being sarcastic or bitter, or having physical fights. Okay, so I'm going to now talk about some signs and symptoms in ASD. So the signs and symptoms for ASD was a little bit difficult for me to find a list of because I feel like most research is very, very biased and not nuanced. I feel like one, it gears and leans towards children. Two, it leans towards male symptoms. And three, it leans towards white male symptoms. So white male kids, white male adults. It's very, very hard to find a list of symptoms that is outside of those confines. I feel like sadly autism is just a disorder that is so common, but like not researched enough, which is something I hope to bring more awareness to with my channel. But anyways, I finally found a list of some of the adult ASD traits. And even then, it's not really like in depth at all. It's just very general. And so hopefully I can kind of interpret some of these traits in a more specific way for others to understand and relate to. But some of the signs and symptoms with adults with autism is difficulty interpreting what others are thinking or feeling, trouble interpreting facial expressions, body language, or social cues, difficulty regulating emotion, trouble keeping up a conversation, inflection that does not reflect feelings, difficulty maintaining the natural give and take of a conversation, prone to monologues on a favorite subject, tendency to engage in repetitive or routine behaviors, only participates in a restricted range of activities, strict consistency to daily routines, outbursts when the changes occur, exhibiting strong special interests. I don't like reading off that list because there's so many things that I feel like is missing from this list and also nuances that is not described within this list. But I'm not going to get into that too much right now. Hopefully that will naturally come up as I'm comparing and contrasting the symptoms. Right off the bat, I feel like the two main overlapping symptoms that may make someone get misdiagnosed is the emotional regulation and the social issues that both people with borderline personality disorder have and people with ASD have. And ironically, these are kind of like the biggest issues in which these two disorders struggle with. And I think that's why it's so easy for a person and for a medical professional to not be able to observe underneath those big overarching issues into like the smaller nuances of what traits a person has. I feel like there's so many factors that kind of go into this. I think one, what does an individual who is going in for an assessment, what is their background and what is their history of mental health? Factors that can play into being misdiagnosed is whether or not you struggle with traumatic experiences, PTSD and or CPTSD. I feel like a lot of the times when a medical professional hears about 
someone's traumatic experiences, it's really easy for them to not be able to overlook that fact. It's easy for them to say this person has emotional issues, emotional dysregulation and issues connecting to other people and maintaining relationships because of their trauma and not because of their autism. I personally observed that with a lot of my assessments with different types of medical professionals that when they ask about my history with traumatic experiences, they a lot of the times could not overlook that and they almost saw my trauma more than they saw me, if that makes sense. They didn't see me and my traits. They saw that I am a person that went through a lot of traumatic things. And so it was easy for them to completely write off a lot of my struggles to being emotionally dysregulated due to, let's say, borderline personality disorder, which developed because of my traumatic experiences, rather than seeing the fact that I am an autistic person that will struggle with a lot of these things regardless of my traumatic experiences. But having traumatic experiences also make struggling with my ASD traits a lot harder and more confusing. And so I think I want to get into some of the similarities between autism and borderline personality disorder so that we can see where that overlap happens and why people can mistake autism for BPD. Usually it's not the other way around. Usually people are misdiagnosed with borderline and not misdiagnosed with autism because it's easier to kind of discount someone as like an emotionally dysregulated person rather than having a developmental disability. Because ultimately autism is a chronic disability. It's not curable. It's just who you are and how you develop. Whereas borderline is something that you can really work on and treat. Because I believe from what I've seen, people with borderline, if they receive the right treatment and if they put in the work, they could have zero symptoms of their borderline. For people who don't know me and for people who are new, my name is Brittany Simon. I'm 32 years old and I have been free of borderline triggers for two years. I just hit my two-year anniversary end of October. I'm really, really proud of that. It is something that I didn't think I would ever attain. I met a viewer, a fan, who was so lovely, and she told me she had recovered from borderline. It was in remission, if you will. And I told her, I'm sorry, I didn't even know that was possible. So her existence made me seek out better care. My existence, I hope, inspires you to seek out better care. When I discovered I had borderline and I shared it, the world was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's great. I'm so excited to have gotten diagnosed. I got better. I drink, eat, sleep on time and the right amount. I can maintain my sanity. When I lack any of those things, it's like I, I lose grip of what I have and I'm balancing all these things. But the balancing is more like um, like cancer and remission. It's like I know it's there. I know it could come back, but I don't deal with it every day. So sometimes I forget. Like sometimes I forget I have borderline and then all of a sudden I'll get that kind of wailing up of emotions and I'm like, oh, girl. That's what I've seen. Of course, if I say anything that's not accurate, feel free to correct me in the comment section. I do follow a YouTuber that I really love listening to. Her name is Brittany Simon, and she is very upfront about her borderline personality disorder, but because she really like puts a lot of intention and effort into her treatment and maintaining her mental health, she hasn't had any borderline symptoms for like years. So in that sense, like borderline is treatable, autism is not. Okay. Okay, so it says here in the borderline symptoms, 
a pattern of unstable, intense relationships. I feel like this could maybe perhaps resonate with a lot of autistic individuals who have had difficult relationships because if you think about it, autism, you have issues being able to understand social normities and social cues, understanding and reading other people. So obviously that's going to affect your relationships with them, right? And that's also something that people with borderline struggle with. So I feel like, you know, if doctors are being very surface level and they just ask you about like your relationships with others, it's easy for a person with undiagnosed autism to talk about, you know, I just don't seem to get along with people. I don't seem to understand people. My friendships are always very short lived and I feel like I can't relate and get along with most people. I spend a lot of time by myself. A lot of my romantic relationships also don't work out as well. You know, I feel like if you're a person who doesn't have any diagnosis and you go in for an assessment and you say things like that, it's really easy for a doctor to see that as a borderline symptom rather than seeing it as an ASD trait. Especially if you're a woman, it's easy to see that and be like, oh, this woman has issues with relationships because she has emotional problems. She can't regulate herself, things like that. Another overlapping symptom that I could see happening is the trait that says rapid changes in self-identity and self-image that include shifting goals and values and seeing yourself as bad or as if you don't exist at all. I feel like this can overlap with autism depending on how much an autistic person is trying to camouflage. Obviously, this won't apply to an autistic individual that doesn't know how to camouflage, but if you are an autistic person that camouflages a lot, I kind of touch on this subject in my video about camouflaging and making yourself look a certain way. I could see how an autistic person that is changing their appearance a lot to fit in more can come across as someone who has borderline, who is constantly changing their identity. But the difference between those two is that even though they look the same, the reason behind it is, is different. And that's another thing that is so nuanced that I really don't think a lot of medical professionals are able to make that discernment. It's just easier to say like, this person doesn't have an identity, which is why they keep changing the way they look, rather than seeing, oh, this person has social deficits, and so they're making up for that social deficit to fit in more through the way they look. And so they're just imitating other people in order to fit in more and to hide their autistic traits. The next symptom that I kind of can see overlapping is periods of stress-related paranoia and loss of contact with reality lasting from a few minutes to a few hours. So I could see this overlapping with autism in a sense where I feel like with borderline, yes, it could be paranoia, but I feel like with autism, it might look like paranoia, but what I feel like is the difference is that for autistic individuals, it's more of like a confusion and not understanding the other person or groups of people or situation and so you in your autistic mind are trying to come up with why something happened or why this person did this certain thing to you and obviously what you might come up with is not an accurate socially normal conclusion and so it might come across as paranoia and so that's where I see like a potential of an overlap but 
of course, like there is that very minute difference that takes your own discernment and self-awareness to be able to see. And also hopefully like the medical professional is experienced enough to be able to see through that nuance. So for example, let's talk about the same situation, but explain it through the lens of a borderline person and explain it through the lens of an autistic person. Let's say you go to hang out with your romantic partner and the whole time they're not really acting themselves. They're very down, low energy. I feel like a person with borderline would immediately see that and feel anxious and think to themselves, oh, does this person not like me? And if they don't like me, are they going to abandon me? Because a borderline's main fear is abandonment, right? So they might perceive the other person's action as a sign of potential abandonment. And then they might react to that by saying things like, oh, are you mad at me? Are you unhappy with me? Did I do something wrong? What can I do to fix it? How do I make sure that you're happy with me so that you don't leave me? And I feel like in that sense, people identify that as being paranoid due to your stress, which is like a borderline's experience. Whereas let's say an autistic person experiences this same exact thing. But from the autistic person's point of view, they would see the other person is not how they normally are. And so you identify that there's a certain pattern of how this person interacts with you and you identify that what they're doing right now is not the same so you don't know why they're acting different you just know that they're acting different and so you might ask them things like are you mad at me are you okay are you feeling mad are you feeling sad did something happen and so asking these questions feeling stressed out about it trying to figure out what's happening with the other person might come from a place of stress yes but also just confusion and wanting to genuinely figure out what that person is going through so that you could help them through that moment and there's that little difference there like your mind not necessarily goes straight to this person's going to abandon me and it's therefore not coming from a place of paranoia i feel like paranoia is very like intentional because you think it's because of that one specific reason but from the autistic person's point of view it might be genuine questioning because you are genuinely confused and so you're trying to get to the bottom of it and so i could see how that could be seen and perceived as paranoia but there's like that slight difference there okay so the next trait on the borderlines list is i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say this word but i'm gonna put it on the screen it says s threats and s injury often in response to fear of separation or rejection. So I could see a possibility of an overlap here as well, because I feel like with any sort of disorders, there is a risk of mental health issues. There is a risk of having depression and anxiety. And I feel like anyone who struggles with mental health can also struggle with these types of thoughts. And in that sense, I feel like it's really easy for a person to see this overlap and therefore not see it as a specific trait to borderline or autism. But let me try to explain it again through the two different lenses so that we could begin to decipher those differences. Like I said in the previous trait, a borderline's worst fear and the thing they want to avoid most is abandonment. Obviously, if someone in your life is 
making you feel like they're going to abandon you. If your mental health is really not in a good place, you could threaten these things to try to keep the other person in your life. Of course, this is not okay. It's not morally okay. It's just not okay. But a person who's willing to do this needs help regardless right? And so the intention of the borderline is to basically threaten their own safety so that the other person can hopefully care about them enough to want to stay in order to keep the borderline safe. Whereas if you think about it from an autistic person's point of view, this one is really nuanced, you guys. So I'm going to try to explain it from an autistic's point of view, like why an autistic person might do this. One reason why I think an autistic person might do this is they're trying to avoid being abandoned as well. But I feel like something that might be different is and this takes a lot of self-awareness and discernment on your part to be able to decipher which one you resonate more with but I feel like a reason why an autistic person may grow super attached to another person to a point where they might threaten this is because they don't want to get abandoned one which is similar to borderline but underneath that fear of abandonment is this fear of change like if this person were to leave your life there's going to be so many other things in your life that is going to be uprooted and that fundamental fact really shakes you to your core because you do not process and adjust to changes very well let alone multiple changes multiple big life changes all at once So let's say you're dating a person, your routines are shaped around them. A lot of your sensory experiences are attached to this person. They're ingrained in your life, your friend group, your career, like whatever it is. And let's say they leave you and you don't have that relationship anymore. Now all of these other aspects of your life are going to be completely different. And you almost fear that more than losing the person themselves. Like it's not necessarily about the person, but about all the other changes that you now have to get used to and adapt to. That's like the issue that autistic people go through is that we're not very adaptable people and it takes us a long time to adapt and having to adapt to new changes can affect our mental health greatly. So if you think about it in this context, one, it's already so hard to be broken up with, to go through a breakup, to not have a relationship work out like that is emotionally distressing for anyone right but now if you combine that with the fact that all these other big life changes now has to take place and you have to now adjust to that it's just very very overwhelming so i could really see how if an autistic person who's already struggling with mental health and does not have treatment plans in place and the accommodations in place to maintain a healthy life, I could see how all these factors makes it so that they might resort to this type of behavior in a response to separation or anxiety. Hopefully that all makes sense. So the next trait on the borderlines list is ongoing feelings of emptiness. I could see an overlap happening here because from the context of the borderline, I feel like the sense of emptiness comes from the fact that you don't have a strong sense of identity and 
you are constantly feeling like people are going to abandon you and that contributes to that feeling of emptiness. Whereas from the autistic person's point of view, the emptiness might be due to not feeling like you understand people around you and not feeling understood by the people around you and therefore you're not able to authentically express your identity this is another case of you know similar outward appearances but very different intentions behind it so for example a person with borderline might feel empty because they don't know who they are and they feel like everyone is going to end up leaving them anyways and that will make a person feel empty right not feeling like you could trust the world around you. Whereas an autistic person might feel empty because they have spent their whole lives masking to fit in and feeling like they can't authentically be themselves. And so they might look around them one day and think to themselves, none of these people in my life know who I actually am. And I don't even know who I actually am sometimes because I haven't been able to actually express that much. And so like that's kind of like the difference between the emptiness an autistic person might feel and in the emptiness a borderline person might feel. I feel like underneath the emptiness, the autistic person knows what will fulfill them and who they actually are, but they might not be able to express that for many other reasons. Which kind of like goes into the changing self-image as well. Like these two kind of bleed into each other. I feel like a borderline person understands taking on different identities, what that means to them and other people. And they use that very intentionally. Whereas I feel like an autistic person might change identities and their image, not really knowing what that means and not knowing exactly why it is, but because they know it's something that will be accepted by the other person more. So for example, if I'm gonna like try to conceptualize it in this way, I feel like a borderline person can sense and understand based off of their friend's background, what type of restaurant they want to eat at more. So for example, a borderline person might see their friend and think to themselves, my friend immigrated from South America and so I want to take them to a South American restaurant so that they can get a taste of home and feel comforted and enjoy this South American food that they might not get to eat enough of as they may have when they were living in South America. Whereas an autistic person might think to themselves, my friend tends to eat more food when they are at this restaurant and enjoy the food more. And therefore, I'm just going to keep bringing them to this place because they seem to enjoy it more than other restaurants. But they might not know it's because they're South American from South America eating South American food and it's like this sense of comfort for them. So it's like that difference, if that makes sense. I feel like autism and borderline are very observational in that sense where they could see the other person and be able to analyze what they do and don't like, their reactions to things. But I feel like that little difference there is like understanding that innate reason why the other person is or does the things that they do and so like as the autistic person you might see like this person seems to enjoy themselves more at this restaurant so therefore I'm going to keep bringing them to this specific restaurant but you may not have it click that it's because of their background and their culture and their history with life as to why they might enjoy this specific restaurant and therefore to invoke 
a sense of comfort and home you want to keep bringing them to this restaurant for you it might just be like an observational thing like they enjoy it so i'm going to keep bringing them here does that make sense you guys okay moving on so inappropriate intense anger such as frequently losing your temper being sarcastic or bitter or having physical fights i can see an overlap here as well obviously in relation to autistic meltdowns I feel like this also is associated with like emotional regulation. I feel like people with borderline and people with autism, depending on the amount of work they put into themselves and the amount of resources they have, it determines their propensity to be able to emotionally regulate their effectiveness when it comes to being able to emotionally regulate themselves. Obviously, it's going to be hard for both people and obviously it's going to be hard either way, but I feel like a lot of the times an autistic person who does not have enough resource, enough inner knowing, and enough self-work and accommodations will have more frequent amounts of meltdowns and tantrums and bursts of emotional dysregulation because they're not able to get the accommodations they need and life is very painful to live, right? It makes a lot of sense. And obviously, like if you're a person with borderline and you have all these fears of being abandoned and betrayed and you can't trust anyone and you're constantly changing yourself to please other people because you have this deep fear like life is going to be very painful for you as well it's it's it makes a lot of sense that you have these outbursts and you lose your temper a lot right i feel like a difference between these two is one is more so based in a very specific fear so the fear of abandonment but i feel like for an autistic person there could be many many other reasons being like sensory issues you might have extremely intense like sensory issues that makes it so that you just cannot function you might be extremely frustrated with your environment and the people that you have to interact with because you just fundamentally do not understand them and and do not resonate with them. And that could be an extremely frustrating situation that ultimately leads to a tantrum or a meltdown because it's so frustrating that no matter how hard you try to communicate yourself and to understand those around you, it just doesn't make sense to you. And so I feel like that is like the difference between the emotional dysregulation of a borderline person and the emotional dysregulation of an autistic person. And that's for you guys to decide. Is your emotional dysregulation based on trust issues, the fear of rejection and abandonment, and the overwhelm of not knowing who you are and switching identities? Or is your emotional dysregulation sensory issues, you know, things are too loud, you keep hearing like a ringing in your office and it just won't go away. The lights are very bright, it's like super cold or super hot and you're sweating and your clothes are sticking to you are too many people talking at once and you just can't concentrate on one person and what they're saying and you can't figure out how to respond to all these different types of people and different conversations it's up to you guys to decipher like those differences and see which one you resonate more with in conclusion i feel like technically a lot of these things overlap but it's more so about underneath the surface of those overlapping symptoms the intention as to why you have and experience these symptoms. Self-reports from individuals with ASD, we see they tend to estimate themselves as more impaired on their ability to read emotions than individuals with personality disorders, but better 
in terms of interpersonal functioning. Now with that in mind, let's take a closer look at the overlap in ASD and personality disorders and identify areas of confusion when trying to accurately diagnose these disorders. Looking at borderline personality disorder, we see there's some overlap in the area of emotional dysregulation, but generally there's not a lot of similarity here. We don't see frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, impulsivity, or relationship instability with ASD. And we also see significant personality differences. Individuals with BPD are much more conscientious and extroverted than individuals with ASD. And I feel like a really, really, really big difference to decipher whether or not you have borderline or autism is your core self, who you are. I feel like underneath a lot of the experiences an autistic person goes through, they know who they are, they know what they like, they know what they're about, but they hide it because they learn to and they feel like they're forced to. Whereas I feel like underneath the surface of a borderline person, they genuinely may not know who they are and they might try so hard to figure out what that is, but they just can't. A lot of people can share your career, a lot of people can be in the same social groups, but those sensations, memories, feelings, and images are uniquely yours. Now, of course, with somebody who doesn't have borderline personality disorder, in theory, the identity and the self are going to go together in a way where they help each other, where they're consistent, where they're congruent. They work together to help you meet your goals. With borderline personality disorder, the identity and the self don't match. They don't work well together. That's really the core of that symptom criterion, identity disturbance, and again, maybe the core of borderline personality disorder altogether. It might be really at the essence of this disorder. So it seems like we're not just looking at the identity disturbance symptom criterion, we're also looking at that chronic feeling of emptiness, of course that loads on that same factor, but also the dissociation component. But I feel like a lot of the times autistic people know who they are. I found that question repeating a lot as well during my assessments. The psychologists who asked me questions about myself really wanted to identify whether or not I knew myself and how accurate and clear was this idea of who I am and how consistent it is. So regardless of all the camouflaging I did, regardless of moments of meltdowns, tantrums, emotional dysregulation, stuff like that, I always knew who I was. I just knew that I had to like hide that aspect of myself and mask in other aspects of life. But regardless of all of that, I always knew who I was deep down and the things that I like. And I was so specific and consistent with that person. The way I thought about it is when the day ends and you go home and you're by yourself, in your room, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable being alone with yourself? Is it a relief or is it a deep void that you're feeling? I feel like throughout my whole life, I loved coming home and being by myself because I could ultimately just be my authentic self. I could finally take off all those masks 
and just be Irene and enjoy all of the things that I've always enjoyed and just be free. So like, for example, a borderline person may not like coming home and being by themselves in their rooms because they don't have other people to validate them and to shape themselves after to please them. And so they lose like a sense of identity and a sense of purpose when they're not around other people and by themselves. Whereas an autistic person might enjoy and look forward to going home because they could finally do the things they want to do and be who they actually are. But I feel like that's like the main difference I see between autism and borderline. How well do you know yourself and how consistent are you with actually being able to be yourself? I feel like another big difference is being able to understand fundamentally why people are the way they are and do the things they do. I feel like borderlines are really good at understanding why others are the way they are and being able to like put themselves in the other person's shoes, experience what the other person is feeling and thinking, which I think is why they're so good at changing their identity and why they almost like rely and thrive off of changing their identity is because they get to basically become the other person and empathize with that person. Whereas an autistic person can listen to a person speak about their experience, hear it and analyze it, but not necessarily understand it fundamentally, but we kind of see it as like information to go into a math equation or to go into a pattern that we've already been keeping track of when it comes to a certain person. So for example, I may not understand why a certain friend tends to get really emotional when they keep talking about a certain topic, but I might understand that they do get emotional every time they talk about a certain topic. And I think that's also why a lot of the times autistic people might be mistaken for like cold people that are not able to empathize or understand others because we are not able to a certain extent put ourselves in the other person's shoes and empathize and we might sometimes seem one emotionless but two like we see things very mathematically and objectively when it comes to social subjective situations but that doesn't mean we don't feel for anyone else it doesn't mean we can't empathize it just means that the way we do empathize empathize is different from how other people might empathize. But I hope I explained all of this in a way that makes sense to you guys. Of course, if anything was confusing, feel free to comment that in the comment section below and ask me to clarify. I do want to make more videos like this where I compare and contrast different disorders with autism that have overlapping symptoms so that people can begin to decipher whether or not they have autism or not. Another one I see people asking me about is the differences between ADHD and autism and HSP and autism. But I feel like borderline is the most common disorder that autism is mistaken for. So I wanted to make this video first. Yes, give this video a like if it was helpful for you at all. I hope I was able to express myself in a way where you guys can understand. I hope you guys learned something new. If you did, please let me know because I really, really need some affirmations when it comes to this because I, sometimes I could feel insecure with my ability to communicate effectively when it comes to topics like this. So if this was understood by you guys and you learned something new and it was helpful for you, please let me know. I really, really need some affirmations here so that when I, you know, make my future videos like this, I could feel 
I know what I'm doing right and I could continue doing it. And if I did something wrong, I could fix it and improve on it and be a more effective communicator. And if you haven't yet, of course, subscribe to my channel. I make new videos every single week. Thank you for listening on today's episode. I will see you guys on next week's episode. Bye.